Hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. So glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Hi, like, everybody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hope you're having a good day. Wherever you are in the world, you know, you are loved. <laughs> no, truly, you're loved. Truly. Also, it's October. We are where... I mean, are we... Yes. We're, we're, where are our pumpkin spice lattes? We're, we have a sweater. We got a cozy sweatshirt. A sweatshirt life. Even in summer, baby. I this wear sweatshirts all freaking day, to be honest. <laughs> um, welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. If you're new, you know, Lindsay and I are best friends living in LA. And we started the show when we were transitioning through our 20s. We felt like life was crazy. We didn't have any answers to anything that we wanted to have answers to. And we wanted to just have an open, honest conversation. So that's where we are today. And we talk about spirituality, health, wellness, a bunch of different things. But we're in for a treat today with our dear friend, Jazz. So if you're watching on video, what's up? This is a good video. Or we have our audio friends. Truly. Yeah. We'll get into Jazz in a moment. She, She's someone that we actually met this year. Mm-hmm. And, through uh, Millie. Through Millie. And I'm kind of sad that she's moving. Same. I'm like, wait a second. Same. We were just becoming... Good friends. <laughs> I was basking. We were at Milana Snow's birthday party and I was sitting next to Jazz and I was like, so I was, I loved hanging out with her. Same. And I hubby. love how seriously she takes life. Mm-hmm. I find that intoxicating. Yes. Because, and it also, it is so refreshing to me. You know, she's just so refreshing to me. Like she was talking, she sent me this video that she watched that is, unreal. The things that I watch are unreal, but this is unreal. What it says about predictiveness of what's going to happen and all these things. And we were just sitting there and she was like quiet for a second. And she's like, I was like, what are you thinking about? She was like, I'm thinking about how when we're eventually able to read each other's minds through telepathy, telepathy, (laughs) that... um. I'm going to really need to be more mindful of my thoughts and I need to be more mindful of my thoughts now because sometimes they can be judgmental. <laughs> totally. I know. I mean, I know. My head's going to fall off my head. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know that's the truth. And it was just an interesting thing, you know, that she was thinking about. I was like, oh, are you judging me because I'm Don't. funny? <laughs> no, I didn't think that. But I was just like, yeah, I mean, for sure, 100%. We have to be the, the guardians and the gatekeepers mm. of our thoughts. And it was just cute. I love yes. that. I love asking people that. What are you thinking right now? I uh, I was sitting next to her husband who's also incredibly powerful and just is so present for his life, for his children, for his wife. Like it was... I was in a vortex talking to him mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was loving it. Loving they it, loving it. have two kids and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, before we get into uh, talking about the the details of this app, but I wanted to recommend to people. I found myself in a Netflix like joy moment. Usually when I'm on Netflix lately, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Like there's tons of tons of like true crime shit. Also, can we get over drugs? Hi. I I literally know how to run an entire cartel. Cartel. Myself, I know how to make and and employ and run an entire cartel. Can we get over narcotics? Mm -hmm. It's not that interesting. Yeah. Every episode is like, how to make drugs, drugs. It's like, got it. Got it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see the trends on Netflix. But I have just been more mindful about what I'm taking in because I notice like 
Because I've had like a history of kind of being into like the true crime shit. And I've been quite allergic to it in the last six months, which has been nice. But even just like sneaky, when those things like come in on Netflix, I'm like, oh, let me try, you know, whatever show. And I'm, I, I notice that my sensitivity to things is just yeah. that much more. So anyway, I was watching The Octopus Teacher. My octopus teacher. My octopus teacher. And I always love like, give me a National Geographic, give me a Planet Earth, like give me all of those series. I just find them to be not only so interesting, but relaxing Mm -hmm. and peaceful. And I just feel kind of connected. But this one was like, will make you cry. It is so beautiful. Not only are octopi like aliens on earth. They're the true aliens. We've talked about this. The first. True aliens on earth living here right now. But they have this capacity to connect that is like really, really incredible and fascinating. Um, I won't give it away, but this man just finds himself kind of at a, a midlife crisis of sorts. That's like saying it in a way that I don't know how to say it otherwise, but it was really an emotional time for him. And he just felt so alone, so disconnected from himself. And he decides to do things that he did as a child. And one of those things was snorkel Mm -hmm. off the coast of South Africa. And he would go every single day. It would be his routine, his ritual. And he noticed this octopus. And the octopus was a like scared of him. He'd kind of see him from afar and she would like be under the rock and just not pay any mind. And after, I don't know, I forget, maybe like 20 days, 30 days, the octopus just kind of came out and was like curious. And so like literally the relationship builds from there. And they start dating. Well, my friend texted me last night. She's like, so I'm uncomfortable. I feel like I feel like this guy wants to like do things with this octopus. I'm like, no, 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 stay it's with like, it. She's flirting. Please. She's hiding. <laughs> Please stay with it. But it is so damn good, y'all. So that's I would, hilarious. I would love some recommendations on things that are like just kind of keeping you. Oh, this is at what's that keeping me and peace. You know what's keeping me? What? It's honestly what I look forward to. Fucking say yes to the dress, oh. baby. Fucking me, my whole life. Whenever shit's going crazy, I always come back to say yes to That's the dress. The damn. What's your oh. do you do you ever watch the other ones like in Atlanta? Atlanta? Yeah. No, I like really. it. Yeah. My my mom, yeah. I was like saying, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna apply to be on say yes to the dress. We'll get on say yes to the dress. I mean for my wedding. T Dog is top at the dollar. top. Top dollar is at the top of the application. One hundred percent. I was like, if I explain top dollar, they'll be like, yes. Cause she'd be like, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> sure. If you want to look like that, you can. So I was saying, I'm like, I'm going to apply to say yes to dress New York. We'll, we'll be on it. And she's like, you know, I don't think that's the best move because I kind of like Atlanta better. I'm like, sure, man, whatever. <laughs> but I'll be in it every night and I'm watching it. And because it's the most relaxing. Everyone leaves happy. Yes. Everyone's excited. Mm-hmm. The drama is manageable. Totally manageable. It's like a makeover too. Everyone's getting a makeover. They feel good in their dress. It's like, and I'll be watching it and Justin will like turn around in his work chair and just be like, why do moms always do that? Why do, like, he'll, it's just so <laughs> peaceful and consistent and like, it's the best. I can't I don't imagine. Even, I'm not even like a dress lover. I'm not yeah. even like a wedding dress girl. Like I wouldn't, I don't really care, but there's something about it. I know. I can't imagine. I mean, that show has been on for 
what, more than a decade? Probably, honestly. And has probably made... There are these sneaky shows that have been yes. on for more than a decade that Judge have Judy. probably made billions. She's the highest paid... Yeah, that's fucking something. crazy. I don't know if it's actress, but she's the highest paid judge highest fucking paid Judy. Actress. Yeah, highest paid <laughs> judge. Highest paid judge. <laughs> The highest paid judges too. That's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Then we digress. And we digress. I'm really looking forward to this. Before we get into that, just some almost 30 things. New Paradigm is happening. So New Paradigm is a workshop series made, you know, inspired by our time in quarantine, allowing us to go deep on topics with experts and healers and leaders and teachers while we are home. So our personal growth does not stop. And we are so excited that Jazz, who is in this episode, and you guys will get to know if you don't already, is doing a human design for money an alignment and purpose workshop on Wednesday, October 14th from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. This is a topic, not only human design, but speaking about money and connecting it with purpose and kind of deconstructing that shame we have around like making money, doing what we love, but then also connecting it with your specific human design. And she is just... She yeah. is an oak tree in terms of like that teacher energy and really holding space for that. So to be in a a workshop setting with Jazz, I am excited. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be so powerful. So we're going to deep dive into human design, your personal blueprint, and more. And we also have the one, if you missed it, the one with Shanae Alexander on sex and body image. And then all of our previous workshops are there too. So there's other human design workshops, astrology, Saturn return, anxiety. They're incredible. So shopalmost30.com has workshops, has our eco-friendly female empowerment apparel, has downloadables, has self-care checklists, has tons of goodies. So shopalmost30.com for that. All right. Today's episode with Jazz. She is uh, the Moon Mother on Instagram at themoon.mother and moondustourmother.com. But she is a human design guide and energy healer. And yeah, she is just all about helping you to awaken your soul's purpose and self sovereignty. And this conversation was, again, kind of like one of those vortex moments that mm-hmm. I was like so grateful that we were incredibly present to whatever was coming up. It was yes. intuitively led and I yeah, I was really excited leaving that conversation. Um it kind of like suspended sometimes in interviews, y'all. Um mm-hmm. you kind of come in with an agenda of sorts to hit certain points and this was one that like kind we of We want to sus- catch them in their lies. <laughs> we got an agenda, we're trying to catch them in their lies. <laughs> suspended all of that and it was like yes. incredibly intuitive. Completely agree. Yeah, she's so beautiful. So we do talk about human design. We do talk about her calling. We talk about spirituality in general. In general, we talk about God. We talk about Christ consciousness, transformation. It's just such a good one that you guys, you know, are almost 30 fam are going to love. Yeah. So again, to connect with Jazz, you can follow her at themoon.mother on Instagram, moondustourmother.com. She has an incredible podcast called uh, The Divinely Human Podcast. And then she has a lot of soul offering like her HD homeschooling and others. And yeah, she's just one of those incredible spirits that I'm, I'm lucky that we are connected. So if you love this episode, share it with your friends, family. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those that you want to pass along to people mm-hmm. who need to hear this. And share on Instagram, tag us, tag Jazz. We'd love to see that and share. And make sure you subscribe to Almost 30 so that 
our Tuesday and Thursday episodes are in your box. Yes, you got it. And then we got video on YouTube. So we got a beautiful video of this beautiful lady's face and us waving at you now (laughs) on YouTube. So we will see you on the other side. Enjoy this one. And thank you so much for being here. I want to continue our conversation about the coaching thing. Yeah. And about just like your Aquarius North node Mm -hmm. and your style because... I remember when we had our session, you said something that I thought was like very interesting that it was like, I see you. I I was like, oh, that's a different perspective than what I see you as. And you were like, I know that my time will come and I know that I'm not, you know, for everyone. Mm. And it was just like, almost like, you know, I know that my time isn't right now, but my time is going to come and I need to be patient for it. And it was so funny because I was like, I feel like your time is now. (laughs) Like I was like, I don't, not that it's not going to get bigger and better and your life will continue to be beautiful and evolve. But I was like, oh, that's such an interesting thing because I see you as so whole and embodied now. I was like, Mm. I'm not seeing the the work in progress, I guess, that you perceived, which Mm. was like super interesting. You know, when people say something and you're like, I don't perceive that about you. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that you say that because Milana said the same thing too when she first, like, when we first got connected, she actually reached out to me. Really? Yeah. And as a projector, I was like, well, <laughs> okay. So this is very interesting. Um, yeah. I think, I think one, of the, one of the traumas that I always had as a child was um, I always did things years or visions ahead of people. And it was always rejected because mm-hmm. I couldn't quite like fit myself into the sphere of the group. I was never, I could never like elbow my way into it. There was just always like, it just wasn't enough space. I could see the space and I would think, oh yeah, I I could totally fit in there. And like I try and it was just always rejected. I remember sitting in first grade and I'm just, I just am a daydreamer. Mm -hmm. I was just always looking out the window. And I remember um, my mom got called to the principal's office and I was like, oh fuck. I think I'm going to be in trouble for not paying attention in class. Mm-hmm. So come to find out, my teacher is like, hey, she's not paying attention. She really, she like does her work fast and then she just like stares off into space. I'm not really thinking that she's getting anything out of this class. So they put me in all these tests, all these things, you know, comes back that I have like overactive, like an overactive brainwave. And I used to have seizures when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, how about we skip her from the second grade and put her into third grade? So I'm in first grade. And then they just say, okay, well, you're going to go to third grade. So now, so that was like my, that was the first conscious thought of me, like jumping timelines. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm kind of like trying to recalibrate as a first grader age wise in third grade. And that was when I started getting bullied because it was just like, you're a baby. Why are you in third grade? And so ever since that point, it's like trying to get, trying to find where I fit in until I realize that I'm actually not going to be able to fit in anywhere. I'm just always going to be in timelines ahead. And that's not to say that it's good or bad. It's just a different space. It's just a different way of being. So when you, you know, when you were reflecting back to me that, you know, I'm giving off this projection of, a, of an embodied feeling, I feel like it's because I've, been living in in a in a future mm-hmm. version of myself currently, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And how do you rec- like reconcile that with? So we're talking about that one on one coaching, and it's like because you are so far ahead. How do you kind of like? Do you feel like you have to pull mm-hmm. back to? 
like kind of be where people are or yeah. are yeah. because <laughs> you to me I'm like no I want you to say exactly where you are if you're my coach <laughs> because you're so powerful and then like it's almost like I rise up to that mm-hmm. I definitely have to gauge it for sure I feel like I have like an internal meter or ruler because sometimes I'll just go full gas and then I'll never hear from that person again. <laughs> I'm like, I need a muzzle, honestly. Literally. We had someone on our team was like, can I have feedback on this? And I left like a four-minute voice note that was like... <laughs> like, I don't think they wanted to change the direction of their whole life after this. It's true. I mean, we were literally driving some... I even forget where we... Oh, Malibu. We were driving to um, Malibu to go hiking with the kids the other day. And Alex was like having... We were just kind of having like banter, you know, like those stretchy conversations. And I'm always the one that's like, come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And he's just like, why does everything have to be like a time for ascension? And I'm like, because every time is a time for ascension. What are you talking Dude. about? Dude, that is like, so fucking funny. Oh my God, I forgot I had makeup on. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, why would you not want to be anything other than yourself? Like, why would you want to have energies around you that is not you just so that you can be lazy because you don't want to like fight for you, fight for your sovereignty, fight for your space. He's like, I'm just trying to take a hike, man. (laughs) I literally am just trying to take a hike. (laughs) I mean, it's funny because after, after I said that, he was like, okay, I guess that's a good point. Love him. But it does take like effort and work and it's like, it's not like an easy way. I know. It's not, it's, it's not just like you, we're talking about the ego death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not... Um, Still hanging on. Yeah. Right. But I heard something the other day that it's like, number one, we're all here to really be an expression of God and then mm-hmm. to send data back up to the, up to the universal consciousness mind, mm. right? And so every single time we're living a life, it's to send data back up. And we have to embrace death so that we can keep sending data. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of consciousness. It keeps on expanding. And the way that it keeps on expanding is because it has more information to eat up. It has more information to take up space. So every time we die a death every day, like Jesus said, you know, you have to die daily. It's not a physical death. It's can you soak up more transmission for the data to be sent up to, for the collective consciousness? Mm. Yep. As opposed to just like, oh, it's sad. I'm not going to be me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was, it's like, but the ego holds on to that, you know, the the belief of like me as something, yeah. you know, I am these things, I am these ideals, I am this person, I am, I do this, I do that, yeah. you know, and that's not, you know, that's not truth, you know, no. but I was thinking about with the, you know, sending up data to the consciousness. It's interesting because in history, you know, there was like a, a giant leap in the age of which people died, you know, mm. after Egyptian times. So most, but right before Egyptian times, people only lived till around 30, 35, 40. Yeah. And after that was when the time span for people to live was expanded to around the potential of 100, the potential yeah. of. And, you know, in Law of One, they talk about that during that time, they were able to figure out ways and of healing through the pyramids, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, to allow us to live longer because they realized that when we were living to 30, 35, 40, we weren't having the amount of catalyst for growth or experiences yeah. to really make it worthwhile on earth. So they needed to expand our lifetime so we would be able to have more experiences or send more data up to consciousness. Yeah. And that's something, you know, this year has been super challenging for us and for me personally, but it's like, 
there's just such moments of time where my soul is like, oh, but I love this. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this contrast. Mm-hmm. I love this experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I love adding this to my library of things that I can talk about or things that I can live through. And that's just the reminder and like the growth that I've done this year is really pointed mostly to that feeling, yes. to understanding that all is not good or bad, all is. Yes. Right. You know? Right. I mean, the wild thing is that you know, we actually don't even need catalysts. It's mm. such a mm-hmm. third density type of thing. Like we can choose to evolve consciously mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. no catalyst, with no trauma, with no shame, with no pain. That's That has been my mantra this year is that I evolve with ease. Mm-hmm. Love that. I evolve yeah. with ease. Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't really care too much for the drama. There's so much programming around that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. to suffer, yes. to go through something in order to become this. Yeah. I love that mantra. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah and I, I even, I'm curious about your experience growing up. Mm. Like, was there that, because I know your parents were immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, how that affected your suffering in order mm-hmm. to yes. become. Yes. So much so. I mean, that was my catalyst to come to the point where I'm saying I evolved with ease. Because my parents came to New York in the 80s, and then I was born in the 90s. And I have never seen anyone work as hard as my mom. And to this day, I actually have some resentment towards Mm -hmm. her for it. Because she chose suffering over bliss. But again, you know, that's her free will and her choice and her catalyst for the way that she needed to evolve. And so as I'm moving through my life and I look at her still choosing suffering, it's almost like I love you so much and yet I can't be around you. You know, Um, she was the first person I ever saw have a business as a black woman. Mm -hmm. She was the first black woman I ever saw that was a millionaire. But she also got to be a millionaire through sacrifice, strife, and suffering. And so that's what I thought. I thought that money equated suffering and I didn't fucking want suffering, so I didn't want money. So that's what I told my subconscious. I locked it in and I said, money, do not come close to me because I know that money equals suffering and I don't want suffering, I want happiness. Wow. And renunciation equals happiness. So I'll just renunciate every single thing that I own and I won't be human in this 3D world. I would just be you know, traveling monk who has like one thing in their bag. And I had to do so much healing with money. And I feel like the healing with money has been such a deep portal for me to start healing this relationship with my mom, who I'm so grateful for to even have me, to even mirror back to me that, no, you can do what you love. You can make a lot of money, even if all these strikes are against you, you know, through the, through the eyes of society. And so I'm so grateful for that. But also it's like I see other people making money with even more ease. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. That looks totally. good. Mm-hmm. That looks good. I'll do that too. Because the easier it gets, the easier it gets, the easier it gets. It's like once we say yes to the ease, it just keeps on flowing in. So I know that this is such a roundabout way, but it's almost like money is healing my trauma with suffering, which I don't think a lot of people would say. They would probably say that money is the cause of their suffering. 
But it's not money that's the cause of their suffering. It's the lack of money that's the cause of their suffering. Money is so neutral. It, it, it Literally, it doesn't have anything to do with our suffering. It's God. Mm-hmm. I would just say that money is God. So when people say, oh, I'm really afraid to look at my bank account. I'm like, oh, so you're really afraid to look at God. Because everything is God. Mm-hmm. We receive it all as love anyway. So if you have an issue looking at your money or looking at whatever, then it's the issue you have with looking at the God within you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, I'm not the coach for everyone. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine? They're like, it's also like, I don't hey. <laughs> They're like, that looks like George Washington. <laughs> but I don't even know. Do you want to be the coach for everyone? Uh, you know. That's big facts. I, I know. Because <laughs> there is like a... I don't no think any coach wants to be the do. coach for anyone. Right. No matter no. what people do, I'm just saying like, do I want to be for everyone? I mean, I think there's like ego part of me that's like, I would love for everyone to like me. Yeah, of course. Right, right. And I, I think that's such a small part. I think the bullying has definitely taken like, I'm just like, oh, fuck. I'm never going to, I'm never going to fit in. Like that was just like, a okay, whatever. I think the part of me that does is, is the part that wants you to realize that you are a sovereign being, that you actually don't need anyone. Like you don't need me. I'm just mirroring to you what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And what I see is always the highest version of you. But you have to die a bunch of daily deaths to get to that version. Because we're just remembering, right? We're not actually like ascending anywhere. We already are ascended masters. Like we are ascended. It's just we, we chose to come behind the veil to forget that we are ascended. And so every step and every breath that we take is towards that remembrance. And that's the death. That's, that's what we call mm-hmm. the ego death is like that every breath of like, oh, shit, I am God. Okay, that was a death. Mm-hmm. Because you're dying to this old way of thinking that you were not God. So I, I, the part of me that wants everyone to feel that and have that says yes, that I would want it. But then the other part of me knows that like in the law of one, I mean, this is like what, an eight million year cycle or something like that. And everyone's on a different mm-hmm. cycle number. So yeah. it can't be so. What is it? 2025 is the beginning of the Silver Age in the mm-hmm. Kali Yuga cycle. Mm-hmm. So we've been in the Bronze Age and each one gets better. So there's mm-hmm. Iron Age is the worst of the times. And then there's the Bronze Age, which we've been in. And then the Silver Age begins 2025, which will be really profound. And then mm-hmm. after that is gold after... A bunch of time, but each right. of these times or these cycles gets better. So I think mm-hmm. that'll be a really marker for our ascension. But on the point of like everyone is God, which feel you. What I guess I kind of want to break it down for people that, and this was my understanding previously was like God is is something else. Mm. So I guess how do you explain that people are God when you're saying that? Right. So I mean, I guess the easiest way to explain it as, you know, when we're saying we're co-creating, well, then who are you co-creating with, right? There's a God that created you and gifted you the exact same powers, mirroring effect of the, the one God, right? And then we are all specks of that or cells within the body of God. So you don't tell the cell in your body like, oh, you're not Krista, you know, you're somebody else. No, it's part of you. It is a part of you. And that's why each one of us are so needed because we're the 
puzzle pieces for the whole. So when people say, oh, I don't like that person, or they're judging that person, or they're killing that person, or they're raping that person, it's like, yeah, you're going to need, yeah, you need that person to remember your ascension, to like ascend to these higher densities that everyone wants heaven. Everyone wants heaven. Everyone wants heaven, but they want it to be free. They don't want to pay anything. They don't want to die the little deaths of why are you judging that person? Why are you projecting your trauma onto that person? These are all these little attacks of, I'm so fearful to actually be God that I'll just be human. Mm-hmm. Because human, I, I get the back, I, I, I can run out the back door and say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm human. It's, it's my ego mm-hmm. that's telling yeah. me to mm-hmm. do this thing. As opposed to taking full dominion and responsibility of who you are and where you came from, because that's where you're going to end up going eventually. It's like we get kind of distracted by all the shiny human things. And that's not to say that, you know, we're not meant to enjoy it. Like this is a beautiful place that we're in and we're totally enjoying it. But this is not all that there is. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and so for us to kind of have future thinking, this vision that we can jump timelines to something more than what we're seeing right now. I always say that, you know, people are waiting for the future to arrive. But really, they're just waiting for themselves to wake up mm-hmm. because they are the future. Mm. It's not this timeline that we're getting to. It's the thing that we're, we're at right now. That's what manifestation is. Mm-hmm. You're literally pulling something from this future vision in your mind here right now. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, then why couldn't you realize that it's the God within you that's allowing all of those timelines to collapse for you to enjoy that thing that you're wanting to manifest? Yes. Yes. In the book, um, The Game of Life and How to Play It, it's mm-hmm. like a really easy read. They always talk about the prayer that uh, they recommend doing is casting whatever it is. So you cast judgment to the Christ within. Mm. I cast my judgment to the Christ within because it's almost like allowing the Christ within you to do the healing or yes. do the working or do mm-hmm. the allowance of. Yes. And you can do that with a lot of things, whether it's like judgment, fear, doubt, you know, anything. And I've been doing that lately, which is like, very freeing, mm. you know, to just know that Christ will take care of it or God will take care of it or the God within you will take care of it. Yes. Offer it up. Yes, exactly. You don't have to do all the work. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about your <laughs> awakening. Which one? <laughs> yeah, literally. I was like, the first one. Yeah, I guess the first one. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay. So, the first one that I can remember, I would say 2015, October. October 2015. It was a rainy day. It was a rainy day. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why I remember this is because actually um, my husband and I met in July 2014 and we got uh, married eight months later. And then a month later, we moved to Thailand. We were just like, we got to get away from everyone. And so we moved to Thailand and we were teaching English at this elementary school, both at, at this same elementary school. And in Thailand, every school year, you get a month off. And our month off was October. And so I remember we had October off and we rented this beautiful like luxe apartment that was like 15 floors up and you could see the pool and um, like the sunset and, and it was just really beautiful. But I remember in October, we like binge documentaries because that was the only time that we had off to like do anything outside of prepping for school and going to school and all the things. And I remember... Okay, hold on. Let me pre- let me preface a little bit more. So obviously we were in Bangkok and we were just like, we're in Bangkok. Let's 
get fucked up all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So we were like meeting people, going to bars, like literally spending the amount of our rent on drinks and going out like a day, like the total amount on rent on a night out. Really? It, it was wild. Wow. So we did that for a while. And um, October comes and it's like a very introspective time for some reason. I had not really been introspective at that time. I was still very much like party, 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 you know, all the things. We happened to watch this documentary, True Cost. I don't know if you guys have seen of it. clothing? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Actually, we pitched the person to be mm-hmm. on before. Yeah, that documentary is harrowing. Yes. And it, it's weird because I actually went to fashion school. And so I never really thought about fast fashion. It just wasn't a thing that we're taught in school. Like, if anything, you're, you're taught to make it faster. How can you make production faster? Not how can you make it slower? So I was interested in watching it because I went to fashion school. But the parts that really tore me up were not the fashion parts. It was specifically the main woman that they were following and how she could not afford to actually be with her kids. She could not, she was not making enough money to have her kids live with her. She lived in this little one bedroom, like moldy. Yes. Mm. And I just, I don't know. I just bawled. I cried the entire time. Like I could not believe that I, Jasmine, was part of her living her life that way. That was the first time I had ever even seen anything like that. That I was, I was part of that. Me going to H&M and, and swiping my card was part of her literally not being able to be with her kids. And after we watched that documentary, I was like, I'm never buying fast fashion again. And I'm going vegan. I don't even know why. Like there wasn't, they weren't even talking <laughs> You're about like, it's not even about that. You're like, but I want more. <laughs> yes. I was like, they didn't even talk about that in the movie. And my husband was like, You're like okay. that's the next documentary. Might as well get a kid. Might as well get started. <laughs> Alex was like, okay, I get the clothing part, Love but I him. feel like you're doing a little bit too much <laughs> with the veganism. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, no, babe, like this is very serious. Like she's, people's lives are at stake. And he was like, okay, okay. You know, he like, it's so funny. He like, he lets me go all the way. And then he like, we'll catch up later on. He's like, okay, you go ahead and do your thing. I'll, I'll come behind you. So um, that month, like I literally, I was like, we're going to, we're not going to eat any like fast, you know, like just street food. And you know, Thailand is like the Mecca of like street food. And so we're like, we're not going to eat any meat. We're not going to eat any chicken. He was like, well, I'm keeping my eggs. I was like, okay, fine. Do whatever you got to do. And that was literally, I feel like a light bulb went up, went off. I was like, how could I be affecting this woman that I don't know? She doesn't know me, mm. but our energies are linked because I am doing something that is literally affecting her life. And how many times do we think of that? How many times do we think that what we're doing right now in this room is going to affect someone's life that will hear this episode or, or will hear this episode and talk to, about it to someone else or yada, 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 on and on and on and on. And that's just to show you how deeply we are so connected. Mm. And that was my first realization of that we are. I always had this feeling, obviously, that we, that we are. I mean, my moon is in Pisces, so I've always just kind of struggled with depression and just like, oh my God, why am I here? What is this planet? Like those kinds of feelings. But this was a very visceral, like I have to do something about this. 
So a few months later, um, we went for Christmas to a Wat. And a Wat is like the spiritual place that you go. You know, it's where the monks are. And so we get there and we actually have to sleep in separate cooties. My husband and I, because the men monks are sleeping on one side of the, the land and the women are sleeping on the other side. For five days, I was just in this dark cootie with just a bed, a bathroom, and a fridge. That's it. And you have like your own little patio and you do sweeping rupa. You do walking rupa. You do eating rupa. You do laying rupa. You do going to your bathroom rupa. Which is prayer repeating, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just a meditation. Just You're yep. just there for five days. And I was li- like, I was, I mean, I know I keep saying like we don't ascend, but I was literally remembering that I am ascended. I was just sweating mm. every night, just sweating and purging and just, just literally just by being by myself, just by being in my own auric field. I was like, whoa, okay, there's some shit happening here. I got to investigate. <laughs> so that, so then January 2015, it was just like down the rabbit hole. Mm. I was reading and watching and consuming everything that I could get my hands on. Um, home birth, uh, natural midwifery, vaccines, veganism, um, Yogananda and that whole lineage and just Kriya Yoga, everything, everything that I could get my hands on. And because I consume things so quickly, I don't know, by the time we got back to America, I mean, we were looking at our family and friends and they were like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> and you're like, who life. are you? Exactly. Honestly, <laughs> who are you in this shirt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like deaths around that too. I feel oh, like yeah. Just yeah. as you become more conscious and aware and awakened in that way, like mm-hmm. you kind of have to like, there's death of some connections to people or at least like the connection that you've known. Yes. I'm so fascinated by the being in your own auric field. I feel I did a solo trip recently and that's like literally how I felt. I was like, oh, I'm in my own energy right now. Which is like, you know, I love being around people and I love that, but there is something to kind of coming back to your own, like you said, auric field Mm -hmm. that is like so divine Mm -hmm. and powerful. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. What's your... Do you know your human design? Yeah, I'm a MG. MG. What's yours? Projector. Yes. Yes, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of forget my five. I don't know. I'm three five, I think. I think I'm 5'1". 5'1". Oh, so we all have five. The best one, I think. Whatever whatever one's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I say auric field because I'm always like, talking and teaching about human design, but in this very like, I guess, cosmic way, maybe. And number one, we're never really in our own auric field because of the transits, but we can get as close as possible to our own auric field when we're not in the presence of other people because our auras are like the size of this entire room, Mm -hmm. right? So we are constantly bumping against other people's information, mental body, emotional body, like all the things. That's why we can feel like, oh, I can feel that you're, you know, not feeling whatever because we're in the same auric field. But when you get into your own, it's just like clarity because you're not picking up on all the frequencies of other people. Yeah. And that's why in human design, they like say you should sleep apart because when you're resting, you're actually healing your body. But if you're sleeping next to someone in their auric field, you're not actually healing. 
And that's like total trial and error. Like, I, I mean, I sleep, my kids co-sleep with us. So it, it's a mess. Like, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're it's, like, it's ideal. It's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening in our house. But if you're intrigued, you can definitely try it out for you. Wow. Um, Shri Mati does that. You know Shri Mati? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she, her and Rich sleep apart. Mm-hmm. Rich, Rich sleeps wife. on the roof. Yeah, he sleeps on the roof. <laughs> And I remember, I'll never forget her saying that. And I was like, you, you know, she's like, we need to be sleeping for my own healing. Yeah. At night, she's like, I'm doing a lot of astral traveling and healing at night. So I need to be alone. And I thought that was so profound. Mm-hmm. She said like three years ago. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. to that. Yes, there is absolutely something to it. I mean, I mean, my husband and I are both generators. So we're constantly tossing and turning the entire night anyway, if we don't get all of our energy out. But yeah. I think for for non-sacral beings, which would be projectors, manifestors, and reflectors, I always do just share it with them in case they do want to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and like just, no cats. I know, honestly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because animals have their own charts sure. too. No way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already got the Fuji's like. I know the pet psychic already has been like a thing with them. I'm going to do their chart. Yes, do it. I bet they're little generators. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's it's just really wild. It like gets you back to that zero point field. Yeah, well, I actually, I keep hearing about that in all over. And I've had that explained. What is the zero point field again? It's literally just the clarity of God. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm God, yeah, and there's nothing else. Have you ever have you ever noticed like, you know, sometimes when you want to manifest something, you you write it down or or you say it, and it comes so quickly. It's because there isn't anything between you and the thing that you called in. The thing that is between you and the, or rather, the thing that's making it longer is the doubt, the fear, yeah, the anxiety, the worry. But when you're so clear, and you're like, oh, that that thing's happening. Yes. It just I love comes. that visual. Yeah. Because <laughs> that feel, makes sense. Like yeah. we've talked about manifestation and all of that, but like that just very simple visual of like, there's nothing between you and the thing mm-hmm. or like you're so, you are God. Like yeah. there, there is that like just clear channel. You because are God and God you. is the new purse that you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally. It is. It literally is because, because there, it, there's nothing, there's nothing in your way. Mm-hmm. And if there's nothing in your way, then you're sovereign. Yeah. And if you're sovereign, then you have dominion over everything. Yeah. So it's like, what can really be held from you? Mm-hmm. For the manifestation, what's a manifestation that you've had that you felt like was zero point? Oh my God. Okay. I feel like Thailand happened. <laughs> I think I blinked and it was just there. I was like, what the fuck? Like, we were actually planning to move to Germany, Germany because my husband had a job and they were going to pay for his um, like MBA, if he, if he, because the company he worked for was a German company. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go to Germany. So I'm just putzing around. Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm a bartender at this time. And he's like the one with the fancy financial job. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just go wherever he's going. And um, I remember I was following his ex girlfriend on Instagram. As you I, do. As you do. But actually, I really loved her. <laughs> oh, bless. And I was like, oh my God, she's doing like some dope shit. So I'm following her and I see that she's in Thailand. I literally, I just saw a picture of her in Thailand. My, I literally, I could have flown through the phone. Really? I was like, I need to be there. <laughs> and I need to be wearing that outfit. And I need to be <laughs> taking this picture. <laughs> like I have a, I have a gut response and my gut was just like, 
I don't care who I'm marrying. I, I need to be there. Mm. And so I called him and I was like, I'm going to Thailand. And he was like, oh, okay, I'm going to. Oh, bless. <laughs> so I, I think I messaged her or something and I was like, oh, she's probably not going to message me back because that's kind of weird. And I'm like, hey, how did you get to Thailand? <laughs> and she literally within minutes messaged me back and she's like, I'm, I'm with this program. You can join at the link here. Da, 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 da. I literally, I applied that day. Wow. Oh, and that's the teaching. That's the teaching Love program. That. that is so... It was just so clear. Yes. It was like... There's nothing else. There was nothing else. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that I could care about at the, in totally. that moment. I knew, I just knew that I had to be there. My soul knew. Jazz, you have to be in that country for X, Y, and Z to happen, which is the story I just told yes. about remembering. Like, I couldn't even think of how, why, what? Thailand? I've never been there. Language? What? How, like, how do, how do you navigate this? It just was so clear. And, and that's how I felt about like this current move again. And I was just talking to my friend yesterday and actually she's a reflector. And I'm just so grateful to like have her in my mm, sphere yeah. because sometimes I say stuff and she's like, is that really what you meant? And I'm like, oh shit. I, I don't know. Is it like, can you see something that I can't see? I love that. Yeah. Because she was like, you know, do you, do you have this fleeing feeling around you leaving? And I'm like, I mean, maybe, maybe I, I do. You're like, <laughs> I thought maybe I was like being called to go into my human design environment, but maybe there is a part of me that feels like I'm fleeing something. And she's like, well, that's why you're not going. Oh. Uh, I was like, whoa. So my energy's not clear. A hundred. Yep. There's not that zero point field of like, yes. I have allowed mm. other things to come over the clarity of that initial intention, which God is saying, Jazz, I need you to get into your environment so you can channel these things that are waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh yeah, it could be in this place. We could have this house. We could de- decorate it like that. Da, 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 da. And God's like, okay, that's not what he's talking about. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're like, but what is the ex-girlfriend doing now? <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to need you, you know, to get your shit together for a little bit. And then she even said, she said, like, what if the country just magically opens up in two weeks because they just changed their mind? And I'm just like, that can happen. Yeah, that anything can happen. It's true. But you have to get clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with manifestation. Un, like confused energy is just as good as unclear energy. It's like you're telling the thing that you want to come to you and it's like, uh, how do I find you? Can mm-hmm. you give me directions? And you're like, I don't know, kind of get on the 101 and then make a left. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, get off at exit four, maybe. It's like, what? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just going to stay right here yeah. and let me know when you have clear directions. How clear do you get when you do your manifestation? Like what... How, I guess it has to do with human design too, like yeah. non-specific and specific. So can you talk about that? Yeah. So it's the bottom right arrow on your chart. It's the bottom right red arrow on your chart. And so if it's facing right, um, it's more of this like divine uh, feminine man- way of manifesting. And if it's facing left, it's this more of divine masculine. So when I say mm. divi- divine masculine, I mean like making lists and ha- being as specific as possible. Like, I want to move to this country. I want, you know, there to be these amount of sunny days, or I want there to be um, beautiful people, or I want the house that we're going to rent. I want it to be two thousand dollars a month. I want us to find a beautiful nanny. Did it, you know, like all the things. 
And then if you're divine feminine, then this is like Pinterest. It's like, oh, I'm just going to follow a bunch of people that live in that country and I'm just going to get a feel by watching mm-hmm. their Insta stories of yeah. me being there. Mm-hmm. You're... <laughs> Because whatever you are, I'm, I'm not, the upset. Yeah, I'm non-specific. You're specific. I'm specific. Yeah, I'm specific too. There's a, a funny thing around being specific for me mm. that I have like yeah. some resistance to. Tell, please. Yeah, it's like I'm kind of processing it in real time. I'm realizing this where like there is like a worthiness thing around being specific or the disappointment that I might feel if it's different. Mm. Mm. And also, like I, I, I think I've been non-specific manifesting. Like I love like the Pinterest. I mm. love like kind of feeling and following people that I'm like, oh yeah, like that is so within mm-hmm. the realm of possibility. Mm. Like that is going to happen. So I wonder, like from your perspective, what that is around safe. the specific. You yeah. just want to be safe, yeah. Because mm. you just said within the realm of possibility. What about mm. the improbability, impossibilities? Mm-hmm. And that is allowing you to be wrong to get to the improbabilities. You have to be wrong to get to the impossible because that means that you don't know. Yeah, Impossible yeah. is outside of the realm of what you know. Yeah. So you have to get comfortable mm-hmm. with being wrong. You have to get comfortable with failing. That's how you get to the miraculousness because the miraculous is outside of what we know unless we would be miraculous all the damn time. We would know to just be miraculous. But it's usually when, we're, when our hands are off the wheel, that's when the miraculous comes. So you're doing something that you feel comfortable doing and you were designed to do something that's uncomfortable so that you can evolve from that uncomfortableness. Yes. Totes. No, for real, yeah. It's so true. And so like, yeah. what's wrong with not getting the thing that you thought you wanted as opposed to receiving the contrast that's getting you sharper mm-hmm. for that zero point field. Yes. Yeah. Mastery has sharp edges. Yes. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, I think with my manifestation too lately, it's like I used to be, I think the first time I started manifesting was like 2014, maybe mm. or 2013 or yeah, 20, 2013. And it was from law of attraction, from the secret and I manifested a sum of money that allowed me to quit my job and travel. Mm. I had to leave my job anyways. but And I was like, oh, this really works. But it was like... And then through my life, I really have tried. But in the past couple of years, I'm kind of just like not trying at all Mm. because I feel like I don't... I'll see something and I'm like, I like that, but I like that too. I like that. But there will be something that's for me that's out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. And I don't know if that's helping me or hurting me. You know, I don't know if that's really helping my my growth or my life as a whole when I'm not really ma- trying to manifest. But maybe I'm actually I'm manifesting all the time and I don't Yeah. Even What's your authority? Um, you know? What are the types? So splenic, gut, emotional, mental projector. I think I'm emotional. Emotional. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Like, I mean, like... Lay you said, it on me. I, I, you know, it... The emotional, it, it just goes in waves. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, I like that. Oh, but I like that. It depends on the wave that you're in. Yes. Are you in the high of the wave? Are you in the low of the wave? Like, and all of that is just a accumulation of of desires. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think that we can ever really get it wrong. Yeah. I just think that we cannot manifest other people's goals. That's the damn. And that was the thing too, is like, you know, there was a point where I was like, ah. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, do you? Mm-hmm. Do you want to mm-hmm. do that? Like, or do you think that's dope that they're doing? Yes. 
you know, because, and that's and yeah. so often in our space, our space is so um, inspiring and then also distracting at yeah. the same time. You know, you see someone, like I see your shit. I'm like, that's a dope ass post. I'm like, that's inspiring. <laughs> or is it distracting me to like want to, you know what I mean? I'm like, is it distracting me to want to do something like that? So that's what I found lately in manifestation and with our lives now. I'm like, oh, wow, this is better than I could have even imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. You, know, you know what's actually really inspiring? You being you. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I just don't totally. understand like why we don't want to embrace that I more. Know. Like that Scared. is what creates that space of, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very magnetic. It's Anyone so that magnetic. I see that is being themselves, I'm like, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And we all have the, like, we all do that. But like when someone, and I, I was actually walking this morning and I was thinking, this was such a random thought, but like if we think about when we were kids and in school and there were some kids that were just so themselves. Celebrity and I, culture. And they mm-hmm. usually were the ones that were actually sometimes like bullied. Yeah. Yes. You know, they had that like, or there was a a fanfare around them that mm-hmm. yes. was, I'm looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, that was like, Inappropriate. Like, mm. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> there was this very, there was this boy. He was in my class maybe one year. His name was Obi. And with a name like Obi, or mm. he is, and he was so special. Mm. Like, just like, yeah. he just had a clear channel to his emotions, mm. to the present moment, to the grass blades out at recess. Like, he was just like so. He was like magic. Mm. And, but it was quote unquote weird. Mm-hmm. But he was just always so himself. And as like a mirror to people, that was like, yeah, what's happening? You know? Yeah. But I just think about those kids and like, I definitely wasn't one of those kids. I was always like, for um, sure. Okay. She just told me my legs are hairy. I'm yeah. going to go shave them. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> oh, for real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> but that's, but that's celebrity culture though. That's why we exalt certain people because they're allowing that part of their God to show through. Not everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not, it's not a full, it's not holistic, yeah. but there's a part of them that's like, I'm God and I'm going to let this shine and I'm not going to dim my light so that other people can feel comfortable. And so we exalt them for their singing or their acting or their inventions or their producing or their dancing or, or whatever part of them that they truly feel like God is channeling through them. And then the rest is like, okay, well, you know, that's your that's your work, that's your mm-hmm. dharma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right. I'm like, I'm I'm processing. In We're real thinking time. about Obi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was thinking about him so much this morning. I'd love to talk more about human design. Our audiences absolutely yeah. so curious, and many of them are obsessed with it. And I know you've been speaking so much about money abundance mm. and. I'm sure it's just too related to your own reprogramming or unlearning. Um, So I'd love to kind of look at human design within that lens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to just... Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I told you guys earlier, I I would have never, ever thought that I would ever be teaching about money. Like that's the furthest... Anyone's talking about money, I'm running as far away as possible. Because I had just had so many shadows around money, you know, growing up not having it, then having it, then realizing how we had it, and do I want it that way? It's it, it just 
another like traumatic thing with money growing up was that like money always caused fights with my parents, like having it and not having it both, both times. Do you know what I mean? So again, that was another thing that I told my subconscious that like, if I want to have a successful relationship, I don't, we're not going to talk about money. We're not going to have money because we're just going to have each other, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which was, you know, a whole lie in itself. Right. And so I come across human design, I think like three years ago. And this was very much in my, I'm a three, five. So I'm like experimenting with everything. I'm constantly bumping into things being like, oh, I kind of want to do this for a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. And then I'm like, oh, I want to do this thing for a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. And so my whole life has just looked like I'm failing constantly because mm. I'm not stick. I never stick to anything. There's a lot of That's people that feel a lot of shame about that. Yes. yes. Yep. It's just a constant like touch and go, touch and go, touch and go. It feels very feminine to me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, it's just like enveloping all the things so that I can get a taste, you know, yeah. for, for life and knowing what, what this all is. And even just last week, I had that same thought come up and I'm like, I think I'm done with human design. Like it was, it was like either I'm going to go in and master this and literally be like a Kaizen human design master, or I'm just going to move on something else. But then an opportunity like came into my vision to like really master it. And I reached out to the girl and I was like, are you doing this? And she said, technically, like you can't get in if you haven't already done the courses before, but sure, why not? I was like, oh, okay. So I guess this is the sign to like go deeper. So I did that. But, you know, going back to the money thing, I literally, I think I heard Ra talk about, basically we sell by exchanging energy. That's what we're doing. It's an equal energy exchange. And so when we have openness in our chart, and so this would be the white centers, we're exchanging energy to other people. We're exchanging information. Mm. Energy is information. And so when we buy something, we're exchanging information. We're literally saying, I'm going to give you a few dollars for this information that you have that I don't have. And so I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let me third line this. So I totally just started, I just started throwing shit on the wall. I was like, all right, I'm going to start talking about this. <laughs> and then I would test and see like what the engagement was. And I would start talking about something else. Then I would, then this, this idea came to me, just dropped in because my cognition is inner vision. So I really like, have to, it's like very third eye stuff. Then the voice said, you're going to teach people how to soulfully sell. And I was like, ooh, I like that. What is that? Because at this point, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like testing. I'm talking about my wounds around not having, not feeling like I had a purpose because I have an undefined G center. And that center is all about our purpose, our direction, our identity as God, our identity as love. And I went through my whole life watching all these other people like ex- like excel at being a doctor or being a lawyer or having these titles as their purpose. And I never had one. I just was always failing at different things, like trying to keep all the plates spinning so that I can look like I was successful, but really inside I wasn't. And so I created these things called soul maps, but I created it for myself. Like it was a written down, and I used to do them handwritten. <laughs> a written down description of my chart and all the things that made me God, all the things that made me me, all the things that reminded me that I don't have a purpose, that I am the purpose. I am the purpose. I am the thing that's 
literally infiltrating this world. It's me. It's not my title. It's not this thing that I do, coach, human design, reader. Like, it's not these things. It's me, Jasmine. And so I wrote down like every, every point that I knew at that, at that time about human design. And I wrote it in this chart and I just meditated on it. And I was just like, this is me. So I started talking about that. I was like, guys, mm. this is my biggest wound. I felt like I didn't have a purpose, but then God told me that I am the purpose and you are the purpose. And if you're feeling like you don't have a purpose, let me help you. Let me mirror back to you all the things that are so good about you to remind you of your purpose. That's how I started selling soul maps. I didn't know that I was selling anything. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the yes. typical archetype of like a salesman. And then people were like, I want one. I want one. I want one. And I was like, oh, I'm selling from my openness. What else can I sell from? So I just picked another center in my chart. And then I moved on to worth. Like it's the undefined ego center. It's the little triangle. And I have this undefined. And so this center is all about our worth Mm -hmm. and what we think about ourselves. But funnily enough, this center is also connected to a channel called the money line. And so I was like, oh my God, this is where people think that they can't have money because they don't feel worthy. But that's Mm -hmm. not true because worth is full stop. You are worthy, period. It has nothing to do with the money. So I started experimenting with, can my worth and my money touch? Absolutely not. They cannot touch. My worth is separate. Mm. My worth is here. It just is. The same way that God told me that I am my purpose is the same way that God told me I am worthy. And that's it. And then you move that over. It's like, okay, thank you. And then you go on for the money. So now I'm working with deservingness, not worth. Because worth is innate. Worth is my identity. My deservingness is this space that I'm opening up to receive the things that I want. It's like a vessel. It's like my auric field. That's my deservingness cup. And all I have to do is get to that clarity, that zero point field where there is no doubt, fear, anxiety between me and the thing that I want. Then it just drops into my field. And then I manifest it. So I started talking about money like that. And then I was like, okay, there's something here. Because people keep telling me that they don't feel worthy of having money. And I'm just like, that doesn't fucking make sense to me. How? Like, how can you not feel worthy of having money when your worth just is, period, move it to the side, and then you ask for the money? But you have to make space enough in your pot to receive that money. So then I started coaching on Soulfully Selling, and then that program made almost 100K. It's amazing. And I was like, okay, wow. Well, wow. <laughs> this is very You got serious. the six figs. <laughs> I love six figs. I love a six figure. We love six figs. Wow. That's, the only reason we invited you here is because you're at six figs. So next stop is seven figs. You can meet us. We're at nine figs. Yes. So infinity figs. Infinity uh, I figs. I love that. Like, I'm very much a, like your visuals, like just kind of like pushing that to the side. And mm. then you have this space. How do you create that space? Oh, man. For the deservingness. I feel like it's just truth. Boom. And then you just move past... Because a belief is just a thought that we keep on thinking, right? So it can be changed at any point, which is really exciting because it's so malleable. I think we get so focused on like, how can I change my belief? How can I move to the unconscious? And well, like, beliefs hypnotize. are our ego identity. A right. Lot of times, it's you just, know? Exactly. But it's literally just saying, I am jazz. 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 And I'm saying that over and over and over again until my subconscious says, Okay, she's saying this a lot. Maybe we should just auto-save this so that she doesn't have to waste energy, keep saying it. And then it becomes my belief. I am Jasmine. Mm. So when you say, 
I am worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, I'm worthy. The subconscious mind is like, oh, she's spending a lot of energy saying this. Let's just auto save it and make it a belief. And so anytime we do that and we say, it doesn't work out for me, I can't manifest, um, no one loves me, I'll never find my soulmate. The subconscious mind's like, oh, let's just auto save this. We're spending so much time and energy saying this every single day because we actually don't think that many new thoughts a day. We think the same ones, variations mm-hmm. of the same ones over and over again. And so we're telling the subconscious mind, like, just save this so I don't have to think about it tomorrow. That's why we can brush our teeth automatically. Mm-hmm. So we can drive automatically because we've done it so many times that the subconscious mind's like, let's save some, some space and energy and just automate this thing. So how can we automate ourselves to be God? By just saying it. Mm. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. <laughs> and then the yeah. subconscious mind is like, oh, okay, she's God. Let's move on from this and, and do something else because the mind wants to do something. Mm. It wants to consume. So give it something that you want it to consume. I want to be a millionaire. Oh, I'm a millionaire. 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 <laughs> and so the, the subconscious mind's like, what is the quickest way to become a millionaire? Because it's trying to save time. It's trying to create patterns. So, so if, if it's something that works, it's like, oh, let's do that again. 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 So, I mean, once I figured that out, I was just like, hmm, I think I'm onto something here. So now I'm just like reprogramming my mind for like billionaire. I'm just like, I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I, love I love a big B. I know. It's crazy how like Bs are fucking thrown around nowadays. Like, remember we were little, yes. it was like, they're a millionaire. Yeah. They have a million dollars. It was like, yes. who wants to be a millionaire? You're like, oh. <laughs> What are they going to do like, with all that money? Five hundred thousand because taxes, whatever. <laughs> no, it's like, what are they going to do with all that money? And now everyone's, everyone's built. You know, it's just, yeah, our capacity is just so much more expansive now. It's really, yeah. it's really crazy. Um, within the human, within human design, I guess, what parts of human design relate to money or would help someone understand their soul map or yeah. parts of them as it relates to their money story? Yeah, that's a great question. So, when I'm looking at the chart. I am looking at the openness within the chart. And so those are the centers that are white. And they could be undefined, which means that you have some numbers or gates activated, or they can be completely open, which is that you have no gates activated. And there are some people that have fully defined charts. And so these people are really just selling from their perspective, from their point of view. They're like, they can sometimes come off as pushy because they're so defined. Yes. Mm. But they're literally just telling you, I like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... I just like there's, all of there's their sometimes the best on Instagram just popped up in my head. <laughs> they're literally the best salespeople. Yes, because they're so confident. Yeah, yeah. And they don't care if you say no, especially for the sheep. Because if yeah. they're like, I like this, and people are like, I like it too. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> exactly. I, always, I was in sales when I was in the corporate world for a little bit, and it was like, dude, blew my mind how the people that I felt like were really not super, I guess, just like aware. Mm-hmm. You know, were the best. Because mm-hmm. they literally walk in the room. They don't. They don't think about what you're thinking. Yes. They don't care yes. what you're thinking. They want to tell yes. you this is amazing. Yes. yes. But consciously, if you want to sell consciously, right, soulfully, then you're going to talk about the conditioning that you faced within that open center and how you overcame it. Then you sell that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm selling my soul map, which is I had a conditioning around how I had to be an identity of a title, a job a vocation. And I'm saying, actually, I learned that I didn't have to by affirming who I already was. So let me help you do that for you. That's it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just that we're just energy exchanging. And then with money, it's like, oh, I realized that I can make more money 
knowing that I'm worthy full stop and then opening up space for deservingness. And this, these are all the things that I did. Here's the energy exchange for that. So the more open centers you have, the more options you have to like sell, to connect with people. Because right, really you're right. connecting to the not self or the ego in that other person and saying, you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. You don't have to be that anymore. I found a way. Do you want to see it? It's da-da-da-da-da. Purpose mm. related to human design. We get that question a lot. Yeah. Um, what is my purpose? How can I find my purpose? So I'd yeah. love to talk about that with each, yeah. each design. I mean, every time I sit with someone, it's so different. But I think a lot, like the underlying thing is that Everyone knows their purpose. They're just too afraid to step into it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because the things that I tell my clients is not anything that they have not already known, heard, seen within themselves. But then they say, who am I to do that thing? Why? Why do I get to do that? And I'm like, because I don't want to do that shit and I need you to do it. Like, it's very simple. But if we're talking about, you know, like your fresh face, doe-eyed and you're just like, yes, I want to understand my purpose. The first place I would look is obviously your type. That's kind of like your sun sign because then it will give you some notes about how your energy is co-creating with the world around you. Mm. So for example, I'm a generator and actually 70% of the world is either an MG, manifesting generator or generator. And only 9% of the planet is manifestors. But we are all conditioned to be manifestors. We're all conditioned to say, if you want something, go out and get it. Why are you waiting for anyone to come and bring it to you? You think someone's going to bring it to you? Go out and make it happen. Only 9% of the population is actually meant to move their energy in that way. Clear space for the thing that they want. The rest of us, like me as a generator, I meant to just sit here and wait and be like, oh, okay, thank you for the invitation. Oh, I like that thing. I'm going to go for that. And once I realized that, I stopped trying, trying, mm-hmm. quotation marks. Because, you know, it's, I stopped efforting, I should say. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of effort in what I was doing. And it shouldn't have to like be hard. I just, I'm not in, I'm not down for that. So if you want it to be easy, just follow the strategy that, you know, comes with your type. Like for you, a projector. I mean, people always say like, oh, a projector needs to have that invitation. Okay. But there's also subtle nuances around that. It's like, where are you? For me to invite. If you're hiding, how can I invite you? What are you sharing? What are you sharing so that other people can even recognize you as an authority in your field? Mm -hmm. Then I can invite you and say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Hey, Mm -hmm. are you taking sessions? Hey, do you have clients? Hey, are you coaching? Like, I can't even find you though. And so you're going to literally be waiting for an invitation that will never come because you don't feel confident enough to step out into the world and say, hey, I'm ready to be invited. These are the things that I offer. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And then after that, I would move to authority because authority is how we make our decisions that are correct for us. Because in human design, there's no right or wrong. It's just correct, right? So what's correct for you may not be what's correct for me based on our authority. So I make a decision right away. I know literally sometimes before someone finishes asking a question, I know if it's a yes or no. Because my gut's just like, <gasps> I can feel the energy. It's like, yes or no, no, I don't want that thing. But if you're emotional, you know, and do you know yours? I'm emotional. Emotional, mm-hmm. yeah. Then you really have to give yourself that time and say, oh, you know what? That sounds so good. Can I let you know tomorrow? 
Because when you pressure yourself to decide, you're going to regret it. So going back to purpose, it's like, is someone pressuring you to do something and you're an emotional authority and you haven't moved, you haven't even given your, 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 yourself time and space to like go through what it would feel like on your own with no pressure or projections on you. And then the other place I would look is your profile. And so as you can see, we're like getting, we're like going layer by layer by layer. It just deepens your chart and deepens more of what you've already probably been doing. And it just affirms you. And then my profile is a three, five. So I literally got to my purpose by trialing and erring. I just tried shit out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just was like, okay, I'm going to fail at this thing. Whatever the word fail means to other people. But technically, you know, we're never making a mistake. And then the fifth line is the teacher or the mentor or the reflector. Not as in type, but like reflection of other people. And that fifth line is, uh, you know, it's interesting. I always have the visual of like John the Baptist, you know, screaming, repent. It's like the one that has the message, but not everyone wants to hear that message. Mm. And so you really have to get into a very clear projection field of like, am I in front of the right people that really want to hear it? So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that like, you know, do I want to be someone for everyone? I don't even think that I can because the projection field is like very much like, oh, Jazz, you can save me or no, she's she's too scary. I'm not going to her, you know? Um, and then people always talk about Incarnation Cross a lot, which is like the last place I would touch. But I would not go there first, even though it's super tempting because your Incarnation Cross is like your purpose, so to mm. speak. But we have to remember that we are the purpose. So that Incarnation Cross has already been flowing through you. It's not this destination. It's already going. So like mine is right angle cross of tension. And so essentially this is I see something that's out of tune and I'm like, mm, no, that doesn't sound right. And so I keep provoking. I'm like, oh, what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And so this, this is what I'm doing with my clients all the time. So if you want to be poked and prodded into your enlightenment or into your godness, yeah, I'm the one for you. Because I do that naturally. I'm just watching people mm. and I'm like, oh, why is she doing that? Mm. Interesting. Why is she doing that? But I've been doing it my whole life and I've been getting rejected. I was getting rejected doing it because it was such a natural part of me, I would see someone lying. I'd be like, you're lying. Like that's not socially (laughs) acceptable (laughs) Mm, to like call people out when they're lying in front of a room full of, you know, other people. And so I was always rejected for it. And I realized, oh my God, I've been doing my purpose my entire life. But now I'm in alignment with other parts of my chart that is making it flow easier. To the point where now you're paying me to provoke you. As opposed to, I am provoking you because such a natural outpour of who I am and I'm being rejected for mm-hmm. it. Right. Yes. Where do you find that on the chart? On your chart, on the incarnation cross. Mm-hmm. So depending on where you're looking, it'll say like right angle, left angle, or like fixed. And it's right underneath all the, all the information that I just shared. Mm-hmm. And it'll have four numbers, which are the gates of your conscious sun and uh, unconscious sun and then conscious earth and unconscious earth. And so you can like dive deep into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, got it. there's not like a ton of fresh human design information out there yet, but I'm, I know that there are a few people like creating and writing mm-hmm. books and creating content and stuff like that. But actually incarnation cross is something that we add in the soul map and we break it down by gate. And it's just little like tidbits for you to 
journal on for you to be like, whoa, when was I, when have I, I've been doing that my entire Mm. life. Oh my God. How can I funnel this into what I'm doing? Or how can I funnel it into that inspirational idea that God gave me to start this business, but I'm too afraid to do it. Okay. I'm too afraid to do it. That's where I need to go work. Mm -hmm. I'm not working on my purpose. I'm working on what's stopping me from stepping into my purpose. You know Mm -hmm. your purpose. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need me to tell you that. Yeah. But what's stopping you? Clear that. And then you'll arrive there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I know. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about people's like natural inclination, I feel like, is to find something like human design Mm. to look for the answers. Yeah. And I feel like so often it's like the worthiness work first. You know what I mean? Which no, is which is hard. I like don't. I don't, you know, I I've done it backwards most likely. Mm-hmm. So it's just so interesting that within all of this it's like any sort of healing, any sort of like information like that, it's always comes back to to the self-work, the self-love, the self-healing first. And that literally I I'm so grateful that you said that cuz that you just put into words what I have been feeling the last few days, which is that I am Telling people that they are their own answer. They are their own medicine. And we don't want to hear that. We want to hear, you're healed. Goodbye. Honestly. And I have, so weird to even admit this, but like my ego feels, felt so tempted to do that. So I was like, oh, that's what, but that's what they want. Mm. Like, why wouldn't I give them what they want? And God's like, I need you to hold the fucking pose. I need you to hold that pose. Don't get distracted. Hold the pose. Hold the pose for the future time when everyone will be ready to digest their own medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want, do you feel like with being forced to slow down in a lot of ways in the last six months or so, do you feel people being more ready or do you feel like it's kind of the great resistance before being ready? Mm-hmm. Just speaking like within your one-on-ones mm-hmm. and things. I made a post on Instagram a few days ago. I said, I have four spots, four one-on-one sessions. I don't really do one-on-ones anymore. But Spirit was like, I'm going to have you do something different in these sessions. They're not readings. They're not human design readings. So what's going to happen is you're going to go into this person's chart. You're going to hear them talk about like, what is the thing that, that they're really resisting? We're going to affirm it in the chart and then we're going to go down to breath work. We're going to open it. It's the quickest way. That's the quickest way I found. I haven't, I, it, you, do you know what I mean? Like you see the chart and you're like, oh, they do X, Y, and Z. Okay, let's take it down because we can talk about it for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. What's that going to do for you? Nothing. But I need you to go down and look at the demon, whatever it is that you want to call it, that is stopping you from stepping into you and ask it to move. Ask it to leave. You're a sovereign being. And I literally said, I was like, this is not my regular session. Mm-hmm. So if you are, mm. <laughs> if you are thinking that I'm opening up sessions for just, you know, one-on-one human design soul sessions, this is not. And two people. Signed up. Mm, of the four. <laughs> wow. And I was like, okay. I tried to slow down. And then I got the urge to like speed up again. Yeah, totally. And so I was like, okay, we're speeding up again. And two people were like, yeah, I'm ready. 
they were like, I can just feel that it's time for me. It's time. When someone says it's time, it's like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of running. It's time. Mm -hmm. I don't think, or rather, maybe they don't know me yet, those that are ready to stop running. But it is. It's You're consciously dying. Who wants to consciously die? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. That's crazy. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Because at a point you get to like, with all of it, where you're like, okay, done talking about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in our space, whatever space that's in, it's like, okay, enough. Yep. Enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even for us, sometimes it's like, oh man, like, even when I like do anything, I'm like, oh man, you know, the goal would be not to learn from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, totally. the goal would be to like learn from from self, and sometimes it's like it stops me from doing what I want to do because I'm like, well, yes. everyone needs to be on their own path, and mm. why am I even sharing or why am I even doing? Because mm. my path is for me, and my learning is for me, and you know all that, which is all true. Both are true, but yeah, that's that's fascinating. It is. It is. It's. It's. I think it's one of the the most like futuristic timelines that I have mm-hmm. jumped into. Mm-hmm. It's like dying consciously, mm-hmm. you know, because we're so afraid of death in the 3D. Yeah. Like we literally think it's the end. And it's so funny because I was talking to my dad uh, a couple days ago and he's Niger- like, you know, he's Nigerian and I'm Nigerian. And um, like that culture, like the Nigerian culture has two sides. It's either the... um colonizer Christian or like our root spirituality. And he was like, yeah, I believe in incarnation. I was like, I'm sorry, what? You had me go to Catholic church until (laughs) sixth grade and and you believe in reincarnation? Do you know 70% of the world (laughs) believes we reincarnate? I just watched a full documentary on this. 70% of the world. 45, 40 to 45% believe in mediums, believe that mediums are real. Wow. I so I think the reincarnation thing is starting to evolve and shift. That's my hope. Mm. But yeah, that's I know I totally I grew up Catholic and that was like one of the biggest lies of mm-hmm. Catholicism. I've been yeah. really working on calf, my Catholic wound, which I didn't think existed in therapy lately, just thinking about mm. some of the most beautiful aspects of life mm. are stolen from us through religion, sex. Yes. Even relationship, you know, the ideal that we should, men should be one way, women should be another way, or that Mary was the whore or whatever, childbirth. And then even death, you know, the idea that death is like, it's the hardest thing for people to accept, you know, for for anything. But it is like, from what people have said in near-death experiences and on the other side, that it's like, feels like taking off a tight shoe. You know, Ram Dass says that. Feels like taking off a tight shoe. That when in the near-death experience, people will die and their soul will leave their body. They'll go through the tunnel. They'll talk to God sometimes. And that when their soul is like slipping back in their body, it feels Mm. like a freaking Mm -hmm. latex suit. Mm. They're like the expansiveness of your soul. When it is outside and it has to come back into this body is like... Do you feel feel like you get a taste of that when you do your meditative practices though? Breath Mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, guys, we already died. Mm-hmm. Like, we're mm-hmm. already dying. Mm-hmm. So what's the big fucking deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you're brave enough or courageous enough to go down into the abyss of breathwork, like, you know what happens when you go down there. And you always come back. Mm-hmm. The first time I did, I didn't think I was going to come back, though. 
Really? Really. Swear to God. Um, I had a session with Milana and she's actually the one that trained me to do this. And I think for like 30 minutes, I was just like, Milana, I, I'm going to die. Just yeah. let everyone know that. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like crying. She's like, Jazz, you're not going to die. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, but what if I just like explode and it just kills the both of us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about like all the scenarios <laughs> that could happen. You're like my flesh on the wall. Yeah, like, it would be messy. Yeah, I th- you're yes. like, what is my last Instagram post? <laughs> but then I get up. Okay, so we go down and I think we have like a almost an hour and a half like breathwork session. I get up or like not get physically up, but like I open my eyes and my body's drenched with sweat. Her bed is drenched with sweat. And I like open my eyes and I'm like, I'm still here. Like, how did I get back here? Mm-hmm. It's almost like we are dying to enlightenment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like that's actually the journey to get to enlightenment is through death. That's mm-hmm. the only way that you can go. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. Because mm-hmm. when I was in that session, I mean, I was like in almost every lifetime that I've ever been in. Really? Yeah. And I just saw Powerful. myself like, oof, okay, the next one, oof, mm-hmm. the next one, oof. It, it just was, it just kept going and going. It was almost like releasing all the trauma from the lifetimes that I did I couldn't release during that lifetime. I was able to release it wow. in this one lifetime. Mm, wow. Powerful. So it's still following us, you know, mm-hmm. like the the fears and the traumas are still there. I'm always reminded like the... Like the contrast of like that in the everyday that I'm not truly feeling. Like Mm -hmm. I have my moments, Mm -hmm. but in breath work, I I just feel so. I I I understand. Like I know, and I truly feel, and I feel like this just deep compassion for myself, where I'm like, Mm. oh my god, you're allowed to feel that. You're allowed to like express that. You know, like I I do feel like there is kind of a, a box that I put myself in at times where I'm just like not quite expressing fully. What or do you I'm think not, that is? Because I feel that too. I mean, <laughs> lots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, my parents. I think it's, mm. I think it's Catholicism. I, you know, like going to a Catholic school. I think it's a lot of things. But yeah, that's why I love breathwork so much because mm-hmm. I just like meet myself again. I'm like, oh my God, you're there. Okay, cool. Like, let's bring more of that back with us when we, as you said, like get up. Do you think that we're the ones that are actually keeping those attachments alive? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, again. And then you realize too, you're like, oh, this is ego. Yes, mm. yes, And yes, so yes, much yes. too, so there's clear. like such an interesting part of like spirituality in the spiritual community that's like happening is where like trauma is becoming people's identities. Yeah. Where there's so much trauma talk. It's like trauma porn. It's like, okay, it's cool that we're talking about our traumas because there's like a beauty and honesty and vulnerability. But then also I'm like, okay, but then everyone's becoming their traumas and it's actually keeping them caught in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have a trauma coach, um, she cannot exist or he cannot exist. Without the energy of the trauma, yeah. So, at what point so do we just say, deny it? That's what I said. Just, just this is where like I think. Yeah, spiritual like bypassing. It's, it's cool, actually, <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. It's like you know, even me telling the story of you know saying, "Oh, I still have resentment around my mom." It's like, but 
I'm choosing. Totally. To do that. Like, I, okay. Totally. Yes. <laughs> I was like gonna. I was like gonna raise my hand. I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> uh-huh. I totally. Yeah, you reaffirm it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you reaffirm uh-huh. it, and because and sometimes for me, I'm like, oh, that because in our culture too, there's a romanticism to mm. to the hard. Yeah. And so oftentimes, I'm like, oh, I I need to make people. I need need to make pe- sure people know that I've had had my things. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want them to think that I'm just like came out and God. whatever God. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. want them to think I'm God. Exactly. I don't I don't need them yes. to know. Yeah. Yeah, and an attachment to like the it's like a hero's journey almost where mm-hmm. you're like but when do you finally get to be the, the small hero? Town in Pennsylvania, yeah, honestly, y'all. Literally. <laughs> literally. And it's like okay. Mhm. Yeah. But when do we say like I'm actually the hero now? Mhm. I mean, yeah. I'm done with the journey mm-hmm. part of it. And I feel like that's like the biggest esoteric question amongst men. It's like, do you do you have maybe the worth, belief, confidence that you are God? Or do you believe that that's blasphemous yeah. to be God? So yeah. I'll just be man. Yeah, I think that's all. I mean, that's a whole... I was thinking about when you're talking about like you are God is like... um a barrier that people might potentially have or not a barrier is like their understanding of God. Mm. My God is angry. Mm. (laughs) My God is spiteful. Mm. My God is coming back Mm -hmm. for revenge. You know, my God is these things. So I often think that because sometimes the word God is so loaded that people might think a different perspective of the God that, you know, we know now or we know. Um, And they don't want to identify as that. Yeah. You know. And that's actually why I don't use universe. Oh yeah, totally. Our coach. I just, I just use God because yeah. I want you to mm-hmm. feel triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our coach Aaron Rowe is like we. Yes. He's God's favorite. <laughs> and um, Aaron Rose is talking about. He said he's like you know I don't say universe because I mean God. Mm-hmm. You know he's like God created the universe. Mm-hmm. I mean God. Mm-hmm. And I was like wow. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. And I was thinking about that. God doesn't care, obviously. Yes. No. But you know it's just I was like oh wow. Cool. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Because it's the same thing with abundance. When people say, oh, I want abundance. And I'm like, but you already have it. What are you asking for? Money? Oh, so you want money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Let's let's go there then. Because okay. abundance is simply the multiplier of something. That's what abundance means. So you keep saying, God, God, I want abundance. Or universe, send me abundance. And I'm like, well, there's an abundance of pink in this room. Mm-hmm. Or you say, God, I want money. Can I have some money, please? Mm-hmm. I really need that money in my bank account. Like, just be real with it. And then it doesn't have power over you. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, oh, the universe said this. It's like, oh, God said this. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, just even the tone of it, yeah, it just makes totally. you like sit up. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so true. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I love how we're all like staring. I, I love it. I love it. Sometimes I like need a like a mental break. Where I'm like, okay, we're so we're you know. Okay, but this but this is how my husband feels. Like I love him. No, I don't usually need a break, but sometimes I'm like, I want to, I want to absorb it and like. Take I know, it in. same. But no, I mean, my fiance Justin is like, can we go to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> without it being a growth opportunity? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm totally like that. I'd love to know, know my last question, just yeah. like that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, do you ever feel like 
Yes, especially just for our audience. They often ask a lot about... There's people that are very about their growth and what if their partner is not? Oh, yes. What do you... that a lot too. Yes. It's so interesting because I think our dynamic is obviously so different than anybody else's dynamic. But like, he's the caretaker. He takes care of the kids full time. That's his job. And I am the one that goes to quote unquote work, right? Or we call it service in the house because mm-hmm. I'd never wanted my kids to be like, oh, I mom's at that. work. That's so they beautiful. always say, mommy's going to service. Like oh, when I was I coming love. here, they're like, oh, mommy, are you going to service? Yeah, I'm going to service. Like, um, but, you know, that part wasn't very hard for us, but it was very hard for the people watching us. Mm. And so the dynamic there, there was a lot of energies infiltrating a lot of our childhood cycles of what a man and a woman does. Yes. And so to break that felt very hard at first because there's a lot of resistance. It's just something new, right? And um, my husband grew up very uh, evangelical. He went to Christian college, like up until college. It was very like, I don't really question my faith. Just is what it is. And um, then he meets me and I'm just like, you know, that shit's not true, right? (laughs) And it's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, you should probably read the Bhagavad Gita. So just so you can get another perspective. And so then, you know, he's saying goodbye to that life and all the things that contain that life. Friends and family and holidays and all those things. But it was a clear choice from him. I just said, I'm going to do this regardless. Like it's not, it's not you saying no is not going to stop me. But there does come a point where if both people are not on the same page, it will break down. Just the natural, I just call them fractal families. You know, it's like you guys are in my fractal family because we met in this lifetime, right? And so everyone that you're with or have around you or see crossing the street or driving next to, they're all in your fractal family. And so this partner that you have is in your fractal family, but just for seasons. And if we can just accept the season of when we are to love them and to honor them and to respect them and not, you know, be so heartbroken when winter comes or when summer comes or when spring comes and just know that it was part of that evolutionary growth that I needed in that moment of my life, then I don't think we would be so attached to, well, my partner is not meditating and they're not journaling and they're mm-hmm. not doing the subconscious reprogramming and they're not doing da 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 da. It's like, oh, um, are we are we kind of finished here? Mm. Like, is this is this where we part ways? Yeah. But we don't want to do that because that would mean that we're by ourselves. And then when you're by yourself, it's like death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think our our promise to each other was always that, you know, if someone is lagging, you just come back and tell them, hey, you're lagging. Come on, let's go. Kind of like we're running a marathon. But that was our own personal promise to Mm -hmm. each other. I have seen, witnessed, been in relationships where that was not the case. You just put your head down, you do your thing, that person does their thing. 
And I think even in the law of one, it talks about how like, you know, to be with another person is the catalyst for the fastest spiritual growth that you can have, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it doesn't always have to be with only one Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, your your relationship Mm -hmm. is a catalyst for for spiritual growth. For sure. You know, and then your separate relationships and separate relationships Mm -hmm. and on and on and on. But you are making these promises that say, hey, I'm about to go here. You want to go there with me? Mm -hmm. And that person's like, ah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go there. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe let's reassess because my soul's telling me it's time to go here. And you're saying it's not. Is it just through fear? Do you want me to hold your hand? And they're like, no, I don't want to go at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, well, then this is the end of the season. And then who's to say where that next season's going to lead you to that next person, to that next person? But you cannot stop your own yes. personal growth mm-hmm. yeah. to be in a relationship with anyone. I don't care, if, even if it's your mom that birthed you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to keep going. Dump him, ladies. <laughs> Dump his ass, ladies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. This was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Truly. Thank I'm you so guys. glad. Thanks for being here. Yeah, Thank I'm so you. glad. I think we should do a workshop. Let's yes. do it. Let's do it. We should do it. That would be insane. I think we should do that. Um, do it. Okay, where can everyone find you? What can they um, expect from you? Yes. Oh, juicy. Okay, cool. So I'm on Instagram at themoon.mother. Our website is moondustourmother.com. And actually, well, number one, you can grab your soul map, which is what I talked about earlier. And that has just been like such a profound gift that I never thought anyone else would see. So that was kind of cool. If you want to, you know, dig deeper into your own unique godness. And then we are working on this group called Rooted to Receive, which is like, it's weird. It's not a club. It's more of like a vessel where we just come and be God together because someone said it's like our church and then another person said it's a cult. So I don't know. Take your pick. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Either way, you're going to get what you it. need there. Love that. Wow. Um, it's literally, it's just a monthly subscription and you can leave anytime, but we meet four times a month and we just, Go there. I love that. For two hours. That's powerful. Two two hours every time? Two hours every time. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'll join. Hey, truly, yeah. Yeah. Because I think the hardest thing that I've heard from everyone that I've worked with is that, okay, Jazz, what do I do now? Because the people that I'm around do not affirm what you're affirming in me. Yeah. Mm. And so Mm. I just, trying. Like I just stopped being God because it's too scary to go out into the world where people are telling you that you're not. And I'm like, oh no, we're going to do this together then until your subconscious mind says, oh, I'm God and I'm on autopilot. Okay. And then you're done with with the monthly meetup. So that will be launching fingers crossed October 1st. Cool. Great. This will be perfect timing then. Yeah. That'll be perfect. perfect. Yeah. I'm so So, happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean... It has been really third lining it to like get to just these two products or like two ways of sharing everything that's in my mind, Mm. soul maps and then the vessel. And then obviously I still do like one-on-one work, but it's really about like application so that I can know that what I'm about to give to you is what you want, Mm. what you're ready to receive instead of me just being like, I 
everyone and I totally. want to give them everything. Yeah, your session was so yeah. powerful. Thank Book you. through Wellness Official. <laughs> yeah. Book through WO, our, fav- our favorite platform. <laughs> Big shout out to Millie. Um, okay. Thank, Thank you guys you so guys. much. Thank we'll you. see you soon. Appreciate um, you. Yeah, we love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Jazz, a favorite. Thank you so much. Love you, girl. That was such a delight. And we actually have the full video of that interview. You can watch on our YouTube. And then we have some fun reels on our Instagram. And excitingly, we have a workshop with this freaking gem. It's going to be all about money and human design. And I'm pumped. It's going to be on October 14th. So grab your ticket now. You can go to almost30.com slash new dash paradigm. Yeah, this one's going to be a good one. It's going to be so powerful. So if you're interested in human design, abundance, changing your money mindset, this one is for you. And we also have other amazing workshops upcoming on things like self-care, breath work, tarot, Mm -hmm. channeling. It's powerful. So our new paradigm lineup is powerful. Almost30.com slash new paradigm. And you can visit Jazz's website, moondustourmother.com and follow her on Instagram at themoon.mother. And thank you to our sponsors today. We love and appreciate you. And as always, we only support brands that we use ourselves and that we love. So thank you so much to Laird Superfoods, BetterHelp, Brooklinen, and Tempo. We'll see you soon. Almost30.com, Almost30podcast on Instagram. And I'm at It's Krista. And I'm at Lindsay Simsek. We love y'all. Love ya. Bye.